Blog Talk Radio. It's the Jenny Hatch Show at Blogging Mothers Magazine, and I am your host. My special guest today, Putu, is a motivational speaker, a musician, and it is thrilling to welcome to the show today. Putu, welcome to the show. Greetings, greetings, greetings. How are you doing there, Jenny? I'm, I'm doing great. It's wonderful to hear your voice and have you on the show today. Take it away. Thank you so much once again, and I, I give thanks, you know, to the Almighty, to the Creator of the heavens and the earth, and um. You know, it definitely is a, a pleasure to have, um, you know, be, to have this platform to speak to your audience and your listeners. Um, once again, name is Putuga Takpo Finam of the Free Legendary 420 International Crew. I do have a website uh, where if you'd like to find more about the, in the music and what I do at putumusic.com. That's www.pu. T-U-M-U-S-I-C.com. And also you can check some work out on LibertyShine.com. That's www.L-I-B-E-R-T-Y-S-H-I-N-E.com. You know? And are you, are you open to people contacting you through email or Facebook? Do you want to tell them about that? Yes, you can. Uh, if anybody who would like to contact me directly um, by email, uh, you can reach me at p u t u g a h at gmail dot com. And also, um, as far as um, on Facebook is concerned, you can reach me on. Uh, you can type in the search bar p u t u g a h. Um, more than likely, I'm I am the only one that was going to come up for that Putuga, um, and I have a personal and a music page. You know, if you uh, find interest in anything that I'm sharing and you would like to get contact with me, you can find me there. Great. Well, we've had we've had several great phone conversations, so take it away. Tell my listeners what we've been talking about. Well, uh, yeah, um, as many of you all know, who may be listening. Um, there's a crisis going on right now in uh, West Africa. And uh, I today will be speaking um, specifically um, about the situation as it relates to Liberia, West Africa, which I have my, my family roots, I share my roots there. Um, and, and also try to put it in a greater context of understanding. Um, today I would just like to speak to uh, you know the masses um, to try to get a greater understanding, uh, comprehension of what's going on, but also the the historic the history of Liberia, um, so that uh, we so that there can be a better relationship and attachment, you know, for people to try to um, kind of you know really pay more attention to what's going on, you know, so. I will kind of start it off going into the history of Liberia. Um, uh, Liberia, West Africa, you know, uh, is a, it's a small country on the west, you know, on the west side of Africa, and it was established um, 
It actually gained its independence in 1847. But prior to that, um, it was the American Colonization Society that um, was formed in the United States um, amongst some con- congressmen, some abolitionists, and um, who who thought it best at the time to see how um, former or uh, freed slaves could be repatriated back to Africa. And um, that's how, you know, the settlement started to be formed. This happened in the, um, around from 18, 19, 1820, um, The first ship left New York, um, the Elizabeth, um, you know, and and uh, those it, it had 88, former, 88 freed slaves and, and also American colonization agents that went and left, and they, you know, they arrived on the west coast of Africa. So I'm saying this to kind of establish, um, you know, that connection, um, you know, to reemphasize the connection between Liberia and America. Now, unfortunately, uh, as I said, uh, though Liberia actually made gained its independence and in, established its independence in 1847. Um, it was not actually recognized by the U.S. until uh, 1862. Um, you know, and while it was recognized by other European and um, po- uh, nations of the other world powers at the time, um, but needless to say, over the years, you know, uh, Liberia has con- has been a, a, a faithful uh, friend or ally, if you can say, you know, to the U.S. You know, because of its strategic placing um, during the world wars, you know, there has always been um, some sort of relationship, especially during those times where uh, Liberia offered up is um, some of its space, you know, for um, for U.S. military bases, and also um, had Liberian soldiers actually who helped, you know, to play a role. Um, in in the world wars, you know, um, aligning itself with the, the allies, um, and some other people may not know this that Liberia actually was the nation that um, cast cast the tie breaking vote to establish uh, the uh, Israel, you know, after World War Two. You know the cat, the, the tie-breaking vote. You know that's that's you know uh, Liberia played that critical role, and you know and during the Cold War again, Liberia had a, 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 a you know a, a role in you know assisting the U.S. and you know adhering to um, some of the, the policies at that time. So all this, all this right here is. To give a, a greater context, greater understanding of Liberia's contra, uh, contributions, not only to um, you know America, the U.S., but even the world at large, and it is quite unfortunate, unfortunate that um, you know in this time, you know, of Liberia is facing this this epidemic that it has been so difficult, you know, to have the international 
support, genuine support, you know, to be able to rectify the situation. You know, we're not even talking about the civil wars, you know, that Liberia experienced, you know, over the course of, let's say, the last 30 years, you know, from 1989 to, you know, the early 2000s and things of that nature. But um, I'm just saying that to put to put things into context at this time right now. So um, based on that, do you have any? I don't know if you had any question on that, on because I'm I'm just trying to kind of give a better understanding to some people who may not have you know have some of the history um, before Ebola or before the war as to um, Liberia. Well, I thought it was really interesting when you told me that the former name of the capital Monrovia was Christ City. I thought that was interesting. Oh. Oh yeah, you know, in our prior talks, I did share with you that um, before um, the capital of Liberia was named Monroe, Monrovia, which was named modeled after uh, James Monroe, um, the the settlement was called Christopolis, the city of Christ, and um, so you could say that the um, the, the 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 most one of the most popular religions in Liberia has been Christianity. Um, there there is a um, you know a, a Muslim uh, a population as well, and also um, you know a, a segment of the population that practices practices um, some indigenous religious uh, uh, you know uh, religions. You know, but um, yeah, the original, the original settlement of Monrovia was was, was really named uh, Christopolis, the city of Christ. So, mm-hmm. I was really interested when you also mentioned that some of the tribes trace their ancestry way back to the ten tribes of Israel. You said that you had mm-hmm. some belief that you were from the tribe of Dan. Um. Yes, and um. Now, when we get into that terrain right there, um, is you know, you know, the history of Liberia is very complex because it's one where you um, a lot of the, the most of the narrative is placed from the standpoint of the freed African American slaves, you know, from America that went back, but we do know um, that there were inhabitants on uh, the Green Coast. Actually, it was called the Grain Coast at that time, and there was a history there of uh, tribes of social ethnic groups that had migrated from the east um, over the years, over the generations, and had settled. Ultimately, settled there. You have tribes such as the the Bassa, the Grebel, the Gil, the um, you know the Gisi. You have a number of different tribal groups and yeah one of these uh some of these tribes or these groups when you understand and listen to the oral history of these groups you know the history is there speaking of how you know they migrated because of um you know war or famine or a number of different um things over the years and when you start to kind of compare that and contrast it to, you know, the scriptures 
and the stories of, you know, the tribes, you know, of Israel, you start to see some, some resemblance, you know, of that. And um, that is what uh, I was alluding to. I shared that with you. Well, I love the history because it's so exciting to hear about the oral tradition. I, I, sometimes somebody needs to write a book about these tribes and, you know, share it with the world because if they haven't already, because this is amazing uh, information. If you knew more about my, if you knew more about my faith, you'd know I, why I would be so excited to hear that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I love the history, but go ahead and let's let's move into the present. What is your take on the present? What's happening in Liberia? Um, right now, this Ebola crisis as has been um, reported to the world as the the the, the most the um most unprecedented or largest outbreak of Ebola known um in, in you know in the to recent recent times. And it's very, very unfortunate and heartbreaking when you know, especially you know, when you have, you know, such close roots to it and you have family and friends and relatives there, you know, you know, right now a, a lot of Liberians in the diaspora are, you know, is affecting their um, day-to-day activities, you know, you have working people going to school and just trying to function in, let's just say, in, in America right here, that um, who constantly, every day, you know, are receiving news about people who are dying or people who are sick and really struggling to get a grip on how to uh, to confront this issue that kind of you know, hit the nation by surprise, as many people know that this this nation was, you know, recovering from, you know, the Civil War. You know, it's been almost 10 years since, or about 10 years since the, you know, the end of the last, you know, outbreak of war, so to speak. And at this troubling, at this time, critical time in Liberia's history to be dealing with such a crisis is very, very, um, you know, unfortunate and um, and heartbreaking. So uh, we know that recently, uh, as as recent as um, you know, mid September, um, that there has been um, some troops, uh, U.S. troops that have been sent to Liberia. Um, there has even uh, there's been uh, the WHO that has been there even prior to that, and uh, the Doctors Without Borders. And my take on this, my take on this is that um, it seems that there's a larger, uh, there's a larger story or a larger narrative that we are not, that's not really mainstream and um, that we are not really addressing. And that is um, the, the true, the truth of how this Ebola really got into this area. You know, um, we hear we hear that the first like official outbreak of Ebola happened in 1976 in um, Zaire, or we know as the Congo. And you know, since then, it's been outbreaks. You know, over the years, and it will pop up, and then you know, you know, go in, you know, to remission and pop up again. You know, through the 80s to the 90s, and then here we are now, and the timing of this. It seems that you know even some 
people who are scientists and researchers, they, they you know, they, they, they ask the question, how could such a virus behave like as such? How could it, how could a, a virus go, um, you know, you know, go into remission and then come back and not have mutated or there's a lot of, there's a lot of mystery surrounding this situation. And the fear is the concern for many is that, um, if we don't have the truth about the origin or the root cause of this situation, that it becomes difficult to really effectively address it, you know, to stop it for good. You know, um, we are kind of scrambling in, 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 in a sense, um, because there's so much mystery about or surrounding it. Um, we are as many of like many of us are scrambling and, and just trying to address it from, you know, just hearsay, what, what, what is being told by mainstream media, which, yeah, we do have to contain it. You know, um, we, we, we are, you know, gloves, sanitary practices, spreading the word that Ebola exists and things of that nature. Um, but uh, we, we are opposed with the, uh, you know, looking at history, history. And talk about biological warfare, and talk about instances in 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 the past where there has been um, biological warfare, chemical warfare, toxin warfare waged on certain groups of individuals, and those individuals don't know that that war that is what is happening, so they are not able to address it from that standpoint. So is this something of that nature where um there's something more sinister at hand this is not uh, and this is not like a natural uh evolution of a virus you know that's that is coming in that you know there's a lot more to this story than you know the people who are affected by it really know you know so that it can be able to address it so that's right there's the issue at hand and um some people may be aware that um, the people on ground, I'll take it, you know, Guinea, Sierra Leone, not just Liberia, but there is a certain um, skepticism that uh, the people on ground at the grassroots level have of this, you know, um, of, of the, the origin of this. And I, it's being perceived abroad that these people are illiterate. And these people don't know what they're talking about. Um, they're, they're, that, they're, they're ignorant. That's mm -hmm. even being that's even being presented in the media. I read in the New York Times that you know they just think the locals are superstitious and that they just are not scientific and they don't understand the nature of the de disease. And as I read these articles, I think no, these people are very smart and educated. They understand the political ramifications of this disease and they're very much aware of, of the, the fact that they're being pawns in this effort to gin up a pandemic. So I, I agree with you. This, this is not uh, the locals being uh, ignorant, illiterate, and uh, superstitious. This is them yeah. being smart. And and the thing about it is that um, you know those narrative narratives that are presented in um, these mainstream 
um, outlet, it perpetuates the idea that, you know, the people of Africa are literate and, you know, they don't, they, they are, they don't, they're not educated, which to a certain, to a to degree, yeah, we say that, um, we know that, uh, you know, just because somebody cannot read per se does not mean that they do not have common sense and they, they, they cannot have a reason and they, they do not think logically. So the issue is that though they may have this skepticism and these concerns, they may not have the proof. They may not have these scholarly journals or articles to be able to say, hey, look, you see, they don't know, they don't, they don't, may not even know about uh, uh, such uh, circumstances as the Tuskegee experiment and other bi uh, instances of, 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 of biological warfare or, you know, cases where they've been in the medical industry has, you know, done such experiments on people, unknowing groups of people. They may not even know that, but they just know that something is off, something is, is wrong. And I would say that, you know, to, to you as, you know, Americans or, uh, or even, you know, migrants, you know, African immigrants who are in America or abroad, wherever you may be listening, if you have access to um, some of this research or some information uh, that can help articulate the, the reality or, you know, substantiate some of these, uh, you know, some, some of the, the truth, which unfortunately gets characterized as conspiracy theory, um, you know, and not to say that there are not some outrageous, there are some, you know, um, things that may not just doesn't make sense. But I think it's a cop out sometimes for some people who do not want to address it or in, who are in denial who, and, and, you know, to, to, to just limit or, or box in anything that um, is contrary to what is put out in the mainstream media as a, you know, to box it in as a conspiracy theory is just like, you know, not wanting to face the reality. You I know, agree. And I think more than our soldiers and our drugs, vaccines, uh, sanitation, I think what our African brothers and sisters need is the truth. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. And, and it's not to say because the thing about it is what uh, another, another, another um, concern is that, okay, how can, how, how can the truth just, uh, what, what relevance is it to the here and now when people are dying, people are starving. And the idea is that the more awareness the more awareness that is out there that um, people know of, of the reality of the situation. If, let's say, if, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> it is what it is, hypothetically speaking. Well, then, it, gives you, it gives you a starting point. If we can all agree on the truth of where Ebola came from, that gives us our starting point. We're not floundering. True, true indeed. And, and on top of that, um, it exposes those who, you know, who who are behind it to the degree where whatever the ultimate plan is has to be changed and has to be rectified, you know, because when you say you shame the devil, you know, you you know you you create these the the the, the grounds for them to kind of not want to be shamed, you know, you know. So that's part of the purpose is to kind of purge the truth, purge, you know, the, you know, the moral compass, 
you know, to those who may even have, um, you know, any essence of morality, any, any, any signs of morality to do, you know, to do what is correct. You know, there are people who, you, you know, who are in these fields, the science, in the science, in the science community, the medical community, the researchers who know what's going on, but they out of fear, out of, um, you know, the, you know, the fear of being, are labeled crazy or for their own livelihoods, they they stay they stay away from it and they just stay quiet. So this is actually an appeal to more individuals out there, groups, organizations who have who have the proof and evidence to find the strength, to find the courage to come to the aid of the like the African people, if you can say not just the Liberian, but the African people and people who have been um, victims of genocide and um, exper- clinical experimentations, and um, you know, human beings are not to be used as guinea pigs. You know, um, women, children, men, like almost like generations are being are dying off. You know, you have nurses. Promising nurses, doctors, brilliant, bright young minds that have already died because of this crisis, because of this situation. And it's not just this, some other things that concerning issues too. There's stories of wells being poisoned. There's stories of even table sort rice, um, water. You know, in Af- in Africa, a lot of people buy um, what they call mineral water, or they buy water that's you know in in bags. You have um, the the, the um, you know these companies that you know they sell the packaged water, and they you know give it to the local um, vendors, and they go around selling it. And you know, there are stories of those being um, poisoned as well. So, how far does this thing really, really go? And if we're not able to think critically, you know, we are not going to be able to, you know, to be able to develop the think tanks to come to, to, to formulate the solutions that is necessary to stop this issue once and for all. Now, immediately, too, ways that can help is, um, you know, because of the, the crisis, there has been a um, state of the emergency imposed. People are not able to go to, uh, people are not working that they used to. People are not, um, you know, um, having their business activities going around. A lot of people thrive off the informal business sector, going around and selling food, water, clothes, things of that nature. And since this crisis, it has completely changed the whole society. And then we're dealing with inflation as well. So there's a food uh, crisis that is developing as well. You know, um, also help. It has also exposed the already fragile health sectors in Africa because there, there are there are pregnant women who are dying. You know, there are people who don't have um, access to you know you know uh, to healthcare because of um, you know malaria and other preventable and treatable um, illnesses because Ebola has taken you know. The it has taken has monopolized, you know, the all 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 the health facilities. You know, that's the major concern there, and you know, unfortunately, it's gonna be it's being used as, you know, this whole crisis is being used to kind of introduce this whole westernized 
um, form of of healthcare, you know, um, which is not really in the business. It's not really in you know uh, uh, geared towards addressing, curing illnesses, but creating treatment and profits and big pharma and it's is really really concerning. It is, and I I think that the pharmaceutical companies don't just want to vaccinate the Africans. They want to vaccinate everybody. And if they can get an international pandemic going, uh, the laws are in place with the World Health Organization. If there is a pandemic declared, they have the, the ability to vaccinate every man, woman, and child on the planet. Putu, we are out of time. Can you share your contact information again with my listeners? Yeah, once again, it's man Putu. I'm a um, musician in hip hop, reggae, Afrobeat. I do performances and also speaking engagements. You can reach uh, Putu Music I C dot com. You know, you can also visit, see some of the work on LibertyShine dot com. And if you would like, um, you know, for for interviews or for booking, or you know, you can reach me at P-U-T-U-G-A-H at gmail.com. And I would also like to use this opportunity to say that um, I do have organizations. We, I am, you know, humanitarian. Um, I do a lot of humanitarian work. I'm one of the uh, vision bearers of the Liberia Heals Initiative and um, 420 International Coalition. And we're actually raising funds right now for uh, food relief, food relief. So if you would like to participate in that and um, give contributions or donations, you can visit Putu. Click on the link. Thank Great. you so much. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful having you on the show today. God bless, and we will talk again. Yes, indeed. And any and all weapons formed against us has already been destroyed in the name of the Almighty, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Thank bless. you. God bless. Take care. We'll talk again. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.